Guria. Fucking what, what a track. A song. Oh, oh. I love a song oh. that tells a story, don't oh, you? Well, that's what we're going to look at today with the Kimmy Wild because she was a story. Well, the whole family was storytellers, weren't they? That's right, mate. Uh, this is the 80s montage, guys. I'm Jay Jovi. I'm Sammy Hardon. Welcome back this week. We are doing a Kim Wilde special. You voted for it and we're you doing did. it. Fuck if we know what it. we're going to say, but we're going <laughs> to say what we reckon. We I were both pers- fans of Kim. We but, were. But, you know, she's one of those artists you don't know a whole lot about. She, that was secretive, you know. Yeah. And she's yeah. a Scorpio. Scorpios don't like to kiss and tell, mate. Even oh. though I have been quite pissed with Kimmy. Now, I knew that you would know her star sign. She was born oh, I in, looked oh, into her astrology. Yeah. Yes. 18th of I November? Love- that was her yeah. birthday? Yeah. 1960. So now, what are the qualities of a Scorp? Well, this is the interesting thing with Scorpio. She did, she's not just a Scorpio. She has a moon in Scorpio. She Jesus. has a Mercury in Scorpio. She's got a stellium in Scorpio in the fifth house. <gasps> so she is hardcore fucking Scorpio. There's nothing more. And she's a lot of a lot Virgo as well. There's a lot of Virgo planets. She would have a really big stinger. She would. And it just shows you the intensity of the songwriting and the lyrics to what would interest her as a songwriter, you know, like Ah. as a singer. So, I mean, her songs were about really full-on shit. Like we weren't looking at a pop queen singing about a boy from up the street. Yeah. We're looking at suicide. We're looking at fucking plane crashing at the airport. We're looking at a fucking poor little bitch that's lonely and sad, Wendy Sad, and it's just... Something that Scorpios love to talk about. Ah, fantastic. Now, I didn't know. I didn't know she was a Scorpio until I looked it up either. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense? It makes sense that I loved it so much because I love that underworld shit. Yeah, yeah. Ah, brilliant. Well, we'll dive into good old Kim Weil in a sec. There's a few few matters of business to take care of. Yes. Um, we're, we are recording on the day of release, so this will it's something that we don't often do. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're recording during the day, which is something we don't mm-hmm. often do, um, and the episode will come out tonight. Um, we're all organised and ready. That was part of the plan. Um, now, it was somebody's birthday, wasn't it, yesterday? Oh, Someone's my God. birthday. It she, was? She's... She's a muso, so she's 21 again. But she's it is 20, a, it, right? It, it's a very big 21, this one. It's very, very exciting. Big 21. Very exciting. Absolutely. Ah. Did you have a good birthday? Well, I I did. I got yeah. some, you know, with a Virgo, being a Virgo, you get them cleaning shit. They love it. They love to clean. They love healthy sort of food. They all, right. you know. Um, so I got a steamy wonder. Now, a steamy wonder, Maddie I, and I have... <laughs> Half right? your luck. <laughs> Half your luck. What, on the kitchen bench or? Well, in... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, if we could stop working, I would. Um, Maddie could stop working. Steamy Wonder is a sort of like a vacuum thing that blows out steam and you can clean your floors with it. Right. So right. we call it a Stevie Wonder now because it was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's a Stevie but... Wonder. 
Does it sort of look around the room aimlessly as it's singing? It's not as blind as you think it is. <laughs> That's right. It's not as blind. It can see a lot of shit without any uh, eyes. <laughs> and uh, one of them is how to clean your floors. So I've been steamy wonder. So I did steamy. I did Stevie Wonder last night. It sounds like somebody somebody who's deaf trying to say Stevie Wonder. Steamy Wonder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I think Steamy. that's why they called it that. I hope so. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. So <laughs> my parents gave me a Stevie Wonder. Right. And Maddie has called it that since I got it. So all I did was clean. I had two pieces of fucking cake. I watched Halifax because I'm into that at the moment with Rebecca oh, Gibby. I'm loving Fucking right. loving that. Um, and what else did I do? I had sushi. I had Japanese for dinner. Oh, your favourite. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that sounds good. Well, in, you know, in a couple of, you and Maddie have both had sort of big landmark birthdays. So mm. in a couple of weeks when we can start all hanging out again, we are going to have the party of all parties. Will Absolutely. we have it at your place? You're quite welcome well, to have one here. Yeah, well, I think we might have to have it at yours unless our fence is going to be done by then. Who bloody knows? All right. All right. But it's Lovely. all happening in ISO, I tell you what. Yeah. At least if we have it at yours, we can have like dirt bike races up on the on the nature, you know, uh, <laughs> up on the park, sort of ne- next to your yeah. fence. That'll be fun. Such That'll be a, pretty Aussie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh, and you know what? I've been getting back into the garden, and I realise how much garden we've got. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, such oh, a big oh. area. Oh, but good yeah. On you. There's nothing now speaking for you. of uh, gardeners, Kim Wilde's an avid gardener. She's a professional gardener now. She yeah. is, isn't she? She is. She isn't loves she? it. Mm. You know what? Let's dive in. There's one point. Um, there's one point. I th- I thought it was. Uh, I bring this up because I thought it was, in a way, a little bit special and unique that we are recording on the day of release. We don't often do it, so it's a little bit of a like day in history kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know yeah. today? Do you know yeah. today? Twenty years ago. Today, 20 years ago, the se- September the 17th, Paula Yates passed away. Oh, you're kidding. The only the only reason I mention it is because it's uh, interesting that we just did the In Excess album NXS review. Special. And this was sort of when Paula Yates passed away, it was like the closing sort of chapter of, of that big drama. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, um, absolutely. It was... It was very sad because she made Paula made um, and and I, I went on this sort of forum and had a look at the comments, which were like current, you know, that yep, it was because yep. it was a news article, and every single one was sort of saying, "Ah, that bitch, she she killed Michael Hutchinson. She's responsible for his death." And it's amazing, sort of, all these years later, people still blame her for Michael's death. Um, do you know that she slept with his ashes under her pillow for um, no. all the time between their Doesn't deaths? Doesn't surprise yeah. me though. Th- that's pretty full on. One person yeah. said it. That that's like the that's like the actions of a um, um, a drug obsessed, so like a drug obsession. You know, they form yeah. an obsession and they can't let go. Um, so that that was quite sad. I mean, because she made the, she made Tiger Lily an, an orphan basically, and. And yeah. um, Tiger Lily was then raised by Bob Geldof, I believe. Yeah, yep. So that um, she didn't have to be. 
They had yeah. such an uh, they had quite an obsessive relationship anyway. The two of those, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And look, she uh, she passed away. It was a couple of days after the Sydney Olympics opened, and you might oh. remember. Um, I think in excess were involved either with the opening or the closing, and I'm just wondering if sort of seeing in excess with somebody else at the helm might have kind of set her off, you know. Like you never know. You never know. It's a terribly awful thing, suicide. But, um, yeah, interesting. So, you know, 20, you know, to, not to end it on a uh, – not to start this on a, a on a sort of sad note, but, I mean, 20 years ago we would have been doing the um, Australian Olympics in Sydney. Oh, yes. Well, going from one really average-looking blonde to a fucking incredible-looking blonde, Kim <laughs> Wilde, yeah, I, oh I think God. it's good that we look at history on the days we record. I think it's yeah, a great idea. absolutely, absolutely. Because it seems like yesterday for me, um, it was twenty, yeah. 20 years, you know, twenty, 20 years ago. Unbelievable, twenty years ago. Twenty years ago. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well. So yeah. Kimmy Wild. Okay, so Kim for me is the poster girl for if you've got a great fucking haircut, you can wear whatever the fuck you like. Because your hair looks fucking great. Yes. But she had it all, didn't she? She was an absolutely stunning chick. And I think – and she was very stylish as well. Like she started off off at art college. So she sort Mm -hmm. of was learning all about design and art and all that kind of thing. And even though she was dirt poor, um, she – she knew how to put a look together, you know, like she yeah. she sort of knew how to look good, but it was on a budget, you know. She she um she wasn't sort of rich and draped in fashion and blah blah blah. She was wearing kind of borrowed stuff. She was wearing stuff that she had bought from Oxfam, but she just sort of put it yes. together in a way that was like unforgettable. And um she that's that's actually one thing that I do know about Scorps. They're Unforgettable. Their sort of personality they and their are. persona, yeah, really magnetic. And she definitely had that. She's absolutely stunning looking chick, you know. That's right. And she had a lot of planets in Scorpio and they can look through you and you just sit there going, what the fuck's going on with this? And they, you never forget a Scorpio. You ah, know? true, um, true. <laughs> but her rising was in Cancer. So she was quite a homey chick and she was also very family orientated. Like yes. her parents and her, and her brother and sister were the main ingredients of her life, you know, which is really right. nice because how many showbiz families have actually made it? You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean the the act of, you know, the act of Kim Wilde was really Kim her father Marty and her brother Rick. Yeah. Um, and you know a bit about Ma- Marty, her dad, don't you? Yeah, well, Marty was a, a pop star. He was up there with Cliff Richard. He yeah. had songs uh, called Donna. He had a song, oh, you'd remember Teenager in Love. Why must I be a teenager in love? Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. He was like a huge sort of a pop star in I think 1940. 19- 58 right. to 59. So we've got a lot of experience there already, ready yeah. to go for Kimmy when she gets older. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he still, he taught his children how to be humble. So no matter how amazing you became or how successful or, or famous you became, you still kept grounded, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they're that, very grounded, aren't they, as a yeah, family? Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. And really close. Oh, 
fantastic. Yeah, and she's beautiful. happy with her career. She's happy with how far her career went and yeah. what she's done. You know. Oh, I would but, be. She was hugely popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just going back to art school, the black and white T-shirt that she wears with the dinner jacket yeah. is one. It was one of her friends' T-shirts. Now that's such an iconic look. Yeah. Uh, and we've I've ripped that look off for the eighties montage. I've got the blonde wig. With yeah, the I was going to bring yeah. that up. Even in our even in our promo photos, you've got that outfit on. Yeah, because that's Wild. just an easy outfit that looks cool. But in saying that, she could wear a white T-shirt with black gloves and the hair was so fabulous it just looked fucking incredible. Yeah, the makeup and the hair were oh. just kind of incredible. She looked like a, a queen or a princess, you know. It really, uh, you know, what, what, whatever else she had on came second to the hair and the makeup. She, she just looked phenomenal every time. But, um, and she was also uh, very androgynous. Kimmy yes, was that's very true. androgynous, which is that's true. the first time we really saw a girl that kind of looked in between a boy and a girl. Like it was quite great. It was beautiful. Yeah, very, very Bowie, you know, that that kind of that look and that quality, you know. Interesting. Absolutely. So Kim's debut – I actually thought she had singles before this, but her debut single was Kids in America. Checkered Love was first. I did too. I thought I uh, was like, wasn't Checkered Love out I, on 1981? Won the bullet. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm wondering, and in Australia, was it the same? Because I was sort of going, this can't be real. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe in Australia, the single and the album all hit at once, which is what sort of makes us think that you know Cambodia and, and bloody Checkered Love came out before Kids in America but it was Kids in America was the the debut single and uh, it did really well of course it did it um, was a top 10 hit throughout Europe and Australia Australia mm. sort of really loved Kim as well um, and that sort of iconic stripy shirt look that you're talking about that's how she looks in the in the film clip and it's a great clip as well fucking great um, video she was wearing her dad's dinner jacket. So the ja- yes. the, um, the black jacket is her dad's dinner jacket. You know, so it's sort of, um, it's like a family effort. It's like big, big borrowing and stealing. And it would have been hugely exciting to have debut single, huge hit. You know? Yeah. How exciting yeah, well, for the family. Well, the thing was she never wanted to wear clothes that used to wear her. She wanted yes. clothes to look like she she was in them. You know what I mean? There's some people yeah. that can't wear clothes very well. And she explains it. She's an artist at the end of the day. And uh, the dinner jacket with the stripes and just the denim jeans was yeah. such a cool look. 
Uh, that it was. I loved it. I thought it was great. So Brian Grant actually uh, produced that Checkered Love. Beautiful. The video, right. which I think is one of the best eighties videos out. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? So, so the um, um, it's got that amazing sort of visual of her in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we see the black tiles, you know, the black tiles, and she does the big smash on the mirror with her fist. But oh. she wasn't great. She wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of cool to do videos in the dunnies in these days, you know. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Like white yeah. tiles, black tiles, to go into the dunnies and shoot a video. Yeah, I love, look, I love sort of, especially when they're well designed, I love kind of, the shiny tiles and the, the the kind of lighting and everything, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying I love toilets. I'm saying like some some I, I I do understand that thing of like shooting in a shooting in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, now Brian Grant, we've talked about him before when we did our. Uh, videos that were the sexual videos that were banned and he did Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Oh. I think that was about our third episode where we talked about – or was it our second episode where we talked about sexual explicit Se- videos or – Sexual s- clips. That's right. So Sexy. Brian, But Brian had to get her pissed to shoot this video, had to get her two bottles of uh, wine. She well, wasn't great in front of the camera. <laughs> He didn't Probably have to, to, but it fucking it. helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's what people Brian. say. <laughs> it's what people say, like, um, you know, like you go into a party, like, oh, you don't have to drink to have a good time. And it's like, you don't have to uh, wear shoes to run either, but it fucking oh, helps. Absolutely. Yeah, I she could... was a bit shy. Yeah, she was a little bit shy. She got, she was shy. She was very quiet. When you see, um, Kimmy being interviewed, she reminds me of Lady Di in the oh, way yeah. she speaks. Yep. She's very soft-natured and very just looks at you with these eyes and there's a similar nature with the both of them. Yeah. And uh, she was very just oh, just so androgynous and I don't think she realised how beautiful she was. No, no, very magnetic sort of. Uh, image, you know, like very mm. magnetic person. The whole package was like compelling, you know. You had to, yeah, yeah. I think uh, in a large part, a lot of it was like disbelief. How can this stunning chick be singing about in depth about the, you know, with, with this kind of lyrics and actually have a great voice to boot? She was sort yeah. of um, she, around this pit. It's interesting that you sort of bring up um, – the, the guy that directed that video because I do sense a little bit of an Olivia Newton-John thing about yes. sort of that look around yeah. that time as well. Um, although I, I do think Livy could have been taking a tip from Kim Wilde and not the oh, other way course. around. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, she cut her hair, didn't she? That was the yeah. first time we saw the short hair. That's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So um, apparently her brother wrote – um, her, her brother Rick would do a lot of her writing, and he was mm. the he he was the keyboard artist on so many albums. You know, like so many, most of them, if if not mm. all of them. You know, um, so and he wrote a lot of their stuff. He of of her stuff. He wrote uh, "Kids in America" in half an hour. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool track. I think Dad wrote the lyric "Kids in America" too. Did he? He wrote okay. that lyric. He wanted that to be the subject because um, he didn't want the song 
he just wanted a different subject. But going back to the keyboards, like Duran Duran, they brought a Wasp keyboard. Yes. So Wasps were the first one where you could do the pulsing arpeggio. And she uses that a lot in Checkered Love. It sort of starts View from a Bridge. No, sorry, it starts Kids in America. No, Kids in America. Yeah, yeah. So, and I did watch them sound check Kids in America and they would start the pulse and Kim would go, no, that sounds too slow. But singers do have a tendency to hear things slower than the band. Yeah. And, and then when I saw them, I know they had a lot of, they didn't have an argument about where to start the tempo but Kimmy always wanted it a bit faster and I did think, oh, no, these, your brother's right on the money there, babe. Yeah, I'd go with yeah. your brother. He's yeah. the fucking, do, 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 like the pulse is something that it's hard for musos to work with and singers to feel where the tempo is. Yes, yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and um, you know, sort of when you're writing, it's amazing – it's amazing because you you take for granted the uh, the beats per minute, like the BPM. Um, yeah. But there is there is definitely a correct BPM for every single song, isn't there? Like like you can you can alter that BPM so it's a little bit faster or a little bit slower, and it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? You, well, you, you, some songs do need to be sped up when you do them live. Yes, because true. It just sounds. A little bit slow live if yeah. you start putting other instruments in it. Um, sure is one of those songs. If I could turn back time, that's a really interesting tempo. If you do the tempo of that song, it can sometimes come across a bit slow live. There yeah. are certain songs, but view, but um, Kids in America was it should be right on the money. Yeah, that's right. Because they yeah. they played it way too fast, you know, which yeah. is kind of cool in the eighties. You could do that, I guess. Yeah. Now, Kids in America was almost went to number one in the UK. It was pipped from the number one position by Green Door by Shaken Stevens. Wow. I fucking, fucking hate hell. that song. <laughs> I hate Behind the Green Door. Oh, I don't really, I'm not a Shaken Stevens up. fan. No. There's your rockabilly style coming back again. Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, we don't want to hear about a green fucking door. Yeah, I don't care what's behind the green door. Not really. You can jam it up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) So the the first album that Kids in America, Checkered Love and um, um, Water Water on on Glass. Glass. Yes. Uh, Was called Kim Wilde. That was her first album. Um, And she did really well with that. That was 81. Now she would follow it up in... Yep. Uh, the, the album was interesting because there was a bit of scar on it. There was a bit of, I mean, view, uh, Kids in America was really the only synthy kind of track where it was quite full on. Yeah. With the arpeggio in uh, Checkered Love, of course. But yep. it was a very different style. Each song was quite different. You had rockabilly, you had a bit of scar, you had a little bit of jazz. So uh, I found that album, I listened to it on my walk the other day. Because uh, yeah. I never brought that album. I was more a, a Kimmy second album fan. Right. But I did love the singles. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And I think it's great that albums were coming out, or she put out an album with different styles, because the record companies were so keen on making everything, put it in the same basket. Yeah. But I found it interesting that that album was so different, you know, each song. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, and I love that about, I love that about, 
uh, albums that originate from sort of, uh, you know, inner, inner London is that they tend to cover a lot of genres, you know, yes. not just one. And especially things like Scar, which are really, really interesting, especially when they come from a white artist, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Very Love interesting. It. All right, so she would, um, the following year in 82, Kim would release the album Select. Oh, one of my favourites. Yeah. So Select would have uh, the singles Cambodia and View from a Bridge. Both did really well. They both um, were top ten hits in France, Germany, and Australia. Again, you know, we loved mm. her as well with those with those uh, tracks. Cambodia, what an awesome track that we opened the show with, huh? Yeah, incredible, babe. Just yeah. you know, the first line. He was Thailand based. You know, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. fucking Thailand? We didn't know what Thailand was, but we were learning about it. Yeah, yeah. And I've and said this <laughs> before with Kimmy's stuff, you know. It's funny, isn't it, looking back because um, it's like, you know, Thailand, Cambodia, yeah. you know, like they, they, <laughs> they just seem so exotic. And I mean, they do. now, now sort of, you know, if you don't go to, ba- if you're Australian, you don't go to Bali, you go to Thailand. Exactly. It's like a big thing. Yeah, yeah. So and um, who knows? She probably did a lot for the tourism uh, industry in the, uh, in the South Asian region. Well, going back to Kids in America, she had never been to America when she released that. Yeah. And people had a go at her because she was pommy and she was talking about Kids in America and they were like, well, what the fuck do you know about Kids in America? You're, you're a pom, you know? <sighs> yeah. And yeah. we kind of weren't sure what she was when she released that because it could have been English or American. It had a sound that we weren't sure about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And people do get upset when you write about other countries. Like my uncle was a drummer in a band called The Iguana in oh. the 60s and he had a song called California My Way yeah. which was released all over the world and it went, you know, California my way, any day. Ooh. It was like a Beach Boys theme. Awesome. And they got given so much flack for talking about another country in Australia. People oh. get very, patri- you know? People are so fucking literal, aren't they? Like, what are they, like, tear dragging apart for fucking April Sun in Cuba? You know, it's yeah, so Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, I mean, the amount of times that David Bowie has has um, has uh, sung about America, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, well. Crazy oh, shit. So, it. but, yeah. So, with Cambodia, babe, what a, that was the fourth single. Beautiful. Beautiful storytelling in that song. Um, you know, it's Incredible. all about a chick who's in love with a pilot. And is it, it was a pilot, yeah? Yeah, it was a pilot. We, we, there's, a, there's an aeroplane theme through a lot of uh, Kim's writing. Ah, actually, that's true. Yeah. Mm. yeah. She loves uh, Dad and uh, 
Ricky must have loved aeroplanes. Yeah. I yeah. just love the story, like Cambodia. You know, when you listen to the lyrics, because I had I got select on tape at 13 with my new tape deck. Yeah. And I could not fucking believe because a lot of the times we were introduced to these artists with the compilation album. Yep. So View from a Bridge was on a compilation album. Checkered Love was on, I think, 1981 with The Bullet and I'd heard these tracks that I wanted my parents to go out and buy me the album. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I want Kim Wilde's album. Now I didn't expect with Select to get what I got on that album, which was just right. a since fucking wet dream. Since yeah. wet dream. Yeah, yeah. He um he does well, doesn't he, uh, Ricky? With with the synth, like really, really talented, you know. And and as I say, the act of Kim Wilde was definitely a a, a partnership, a, a family partnership. Yeah, you know. Incredible. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So. That album select, we should really – oh, can I just say hi to everyone that's given us some fantastic feedback with the album review. We've we've had some amazing feedback with The Swing in excess. Yes. Uh, people go, we want more album reviews. People are asking for more. So Great. if you want more, give us a fucking message. Yeah, and be specific. Don't just like go banana rama, you know, like be, <laughs> be, be specific, you know. Yeah. Like, let, let us know the exact album and, and why, you know, especially if you have a, a story or, you know, if it's that particular album that really grabbed you and pulled you into that artist. Let us know. Absolutely. We'll, we'll review it, mate. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't mind doing Select by Kim Wilde. So if there's any Kimmy fans that want, give us a fucking ring, mate. Give us a ring. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, she would, she was, they were very productive. They were very productive. The following year in 83 would be her third album. She released the album uh, Catch as Catch Can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It had the single Dancing in the Dark on it. It wasn't. It didn't do a lot. It didn't do a lot, this album. You know, it wasn't a huge sort of groundbreaker, this one. Um, And it would be ultimately uh, the reason that she would leave her uh, record company, R.A.K. Uh, And she signed the following year with MCA, which um, would prove to be fruitful, that little move there. Um, I... I, I don't know a lot about Catch's, uh, Catch's Catch Can. I don't know a lot about this album, to be honest. The um, Love Blonde came off this album. The, and the Love one? Blonde was Love Blonde. Oh, and that yeah, was that's a bit right. like a, it's a Love Blonde, like a rockabilly kind of jazzy thing. Yeah. So it sort of took us away from the synth view from a bridge, we're going to kill ourselves and jump off the bridge to just – Trying to be a vehicle for Kimmy being so gorgeous, it just didn't work. We wanted to hear stories, I think. Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, um... I I didn't actually buy this album, I will admit. Yeah, right, right. Okay, all right. I'm first and second album, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There was a bit of controversy, I know, with Kim... That she didn't particularly like touring. Um, that that sort of came around this time. She did a few little tours through Europe and stuff, um, and she used to do a lot of TV appearances and stuff. But mm. um, yeah, I have heard that that she she didn't like touring in particular. I just think she was a little bit shy. But I do. Speaking of uh, TV appearances, I do want to play 
the iconic Molly Meldrum, Kim Wilde TV interview that was uh, huge in the 80s where she didn't understand the question at all. So if we can just quickly play that now for the Aussie viewers. Uh, This is Kim Wilde and Molly Meldrum and I think it's 1982. So have a listen. Uh, When you look back on sort of the three hits that you've had, um, do you and your brother sort of purposely go out to find, you know, like, I mean, in other words, do you not backtracks that he may write or, or what? Is it a calculated thing? I mean, I'm, it's a strange question, you know? Um, I mean, is it, it like, let me start again. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> understand the, the question at all. <laughs> no, I've, I've got a bit mixed up myself. It went on for so long, right, it's like an go. epic. Was he pissed? Yeah, of course he was. He ma- <laughs> she, she was too, though. Yeah, right, right. I mean... I've I've actually met Kimmy and Rick and yeah. uh, Kim Wilde, if you are listening, dude, you probably don't remember because we were both pretty pissed. But she came out in the Here and Now gig. I think it was 2009 Here and Now. Like it was the first time she actually toured in Australia. They didn't – yeah, you're right. They didn't tour that much. She was a Is bit afraid. Is right? Wow. Mm. Oh. So Here and Now and I met her – at a bar and I said to her, I got to speak to her because they're, they're a lovely family. They're so approachable, you know, yeah. as we see on the the train on in the tube, them pissed mm. off their heads that day. Yeah. And uh, somehow I went and said, I, I said, oh, my God, my favourite song of yours is Chaos at the Airport Tonight. And she went, Chaos at the fucking airport? afraid to get on an aeroplane that from that day <laughs> you know I, I it took me a long time to get used to aeroplanes because that was a tragic song yeah about a plane crashing and I took it on board to heart you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a bit like jaws you know you didn't yeah. want to go on a plane oh, so, God. but yeah they're lovely family and um, she thought that was hilarious that that was my favorite Kimmy song. Yeah, yeah. Ah, awesome. Well, we're up to 1984. Uh, she would release her fourth album uh, called Teasers and Dares. It's very productive, isn't it? Like every year, different yeah. album. Um, Teasers and Dares was the album. Um, it would do okay, certainly uh, better than Catch as Catch Can. Um, the second time, the single The Second Time, would make it onto the Night Rider soundtrack. Yes, it did. 
She had another single, The Touch, and then she had another single, Rage to Love, uh, which would be a bit of a return to the upper charts. It, it was in the UK top 20, so it did quite well, uh, Rage to Love. Um, and, and by this point, all of her writing was done by her brother and her dad, you know, and, and her as a co-writer, all of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They never once. The thing that I think is fantastic is that even though your brother and your dad are writing your songs, there's still yeah. that they could rip you off, you know. Families aren't that great, but these no. guys never did that. No, that's you know, right. She was happy with uh, Ricky and the, and the mum was her manager. Joyce was her manager. Oh, so wow. Joyce would manage the band and the lighting and all the crew and all that stuff. And so mum got involved because um, their real name is Smith. Like, it's, it's the That's Smith right. family. That's right, Kim so, Smith. So, yeah, and it was Marty that was told to change his name to Marty Wild, yep. and he hated it. He went, I'm not going to fucking be called Marty Wild, and it was the best move they made because we go right down to Roxanne Wild, who works with Kylie Minogue now, her other little sister. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So Roxanne is Kylie Minogue's backing vocalist. She's, oh. I think, 20 years younger than uh, 20 years younger than Kim. She, I think, or 19. Old, so there's a big break there. Mm. Kim's the eldest, isn't she? I think Joyce was pregnant with Roxanne in 19... I think it oh, might have been during one of the singles. I can't remember. Oh. I'm not going to say it because I know I'm going to stuff it up. Right. But uh, it might have been through Checkered Love or View from a Bridge. Right. Well, no, Kids in America. I'm Kids in America, sorry. I think Mum was pregnant. So she's... She's now singing with Kylie, and that's a fucking great gig to have. Shit. So, so if if she if the mum was pregnant when um, during Kids in America, Kim was twenty when that came out. So that's right. Kim that's was a 20. decent gap between the sisters, isn't it? Yes. Excuse the yeah. pun. Yeah. That's right. Decent gap. Absolutely. So yeah. uh, that was, and that's why I actually thought she was the daughter of Ricky, and then I've looked into it and gone. No. That's not the way it is. They're brothers and sisters. Hey, bloody hell. Because there's also Scarlett. She's she's in the entertainment and I think that's Ricky's child. But the family's just gone through these amazing artists. And, yeah. And uh, Dad's still, I think they're putting out an album with their dad at the moment, actually. I think right. that's what's happening. Mm. How exciting. Yeah. All right, guys, I think we've reached sort of the halfway point. Let's have a little ad and we've got an yeah. ad. We've got Ad with Kimmy in it. Sammy, tell us yeah. about this one. Well, this is a commercial Kim did in Japan. I think it was 1982 uh, for a soft drink brand called B&L. And it's, uh, they used one of her songs and then eventually she got put in the commercial. And this really helped with her Japanese success as Lovely. well. So we're going to have a look at this commercial right now. Go. All right, so that was Bitter is Better. Mm. That was smart of them to have a, you know, a song about with Bitter in the title and then B&L Bitters picked up, 
you know, and it was a already a huge uh, uh, Japanese track that was very smart. Unintentional. That's right. Unintentional. Unintentional. And Japanese would have loved Kimi because she had such a beautiful look. Well, blonde uh, for a start. She would blonde, have been, yeah. Yeah, it would have been very exotic for them. So I think that was on the Japanese release. Japanese release on Select. It definitely was on the Australian release. I never had heard it really before. Have you ever gone blonde? Yes, I have. Have you? Did oh, you enjoy I went that? Blonde for about. F- Look, it's not an easy thing to do because you're sort of not seen as intelligent. I know that sounds horrible. Yeah. And then when you open your mouth and you start saying shit and you're really not intelligent, <laughs> it works against you. <laughs> so I got out of the blonde phase very quickly. Right. Uh, because, um, you know, you can't be uh, – it's really hard to be uh, a little bit angry when you're blonde because they don't right. really take it seriously. Yeah, they're like, when you're oh, a red, yeah. When you're a redhead, it's a little yeah. – right. oh, like, oh, yeah. yeah. Bloody Off fan- she goes. Fanta Pants smoking. is having another turn. <laughs> uh, I, I was, love I, it. I went blonde for a little while and I went blonde – oh, I've been like – you know, platinum blonde like Billy Idol a couple of times. Um, that's sort of something Aussie Bogans do is sort of bleach their hair every now and then. Um, but I I did have blonde hair when it was really long. So I had I had really long hair when I was living on the Gold Coast and surfing. And of course, everybody on the Gold Coast is blonde as well. And I went and got sort of um, oh, streaks, I guess you'd call it. And I was quite blonde. And I, I have very curly hair, yeah. That's why I cut it short. So um, I actually went to th- – I was in Thailand and walking down the street with this sort of long blonde hair and the ties were like coming up like, oh, t- like touching – oh, it's so lovely. Like touching my hair <laughs> <laughs> touching my hair and everything because if you're sort of six foot and blonde, it's like, oh, my God. It's like you're a rock – you know, like you're a rock star or a mu- movie star or something in, in a lot of those Asian countries, you know. So you can imagine somebody like Kim Wilde who, who – um, quite statuesque and and blonde and gorgeous, you know. They she would have been she would have been like a, a massive star to them. Oh, perfect opportunity to kick off the Japanese sort of album releases and put in extra songs out and stuff. I mean, Japanese were such big music fans. The Japanese loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you had that classic Japanese crowd where they had to sit there and not sort of react. They had and they're to very sort of polite. Yeah, they're yeah. very polite. But they love it. They absolutely love it. But sort of culturally, they're polite. They sit there and they just shut up and, and you know let you let you play. And then in between songs, like psh, they'll all they'll all clap like yay, and then like completely silent again for the next song. So it's, That's it's right. sort of strange. Yeah. And they they will go around and they will pick up all the rubbish and and the and the stadium is completely clean when they leave. Isn't that amazing? Oh, they're just yeah, they're a lovely culture. I love uh, the Japanese. You know, they just do as they're told and they're they're just so pretty. So yeah. pretty. We did we didn't I mean, Kimmy, she was quite um cultured in the way that she kind of looked like a blonde goth. Like there, there was something about Absolutely. her that was a bit weird. Yeah, it's that and punk thing. It was yeah. that punk, punk kind of thing. I mean, you could put her and Billy Idol together in some shots and think, fuck, they're related. Totally. You know, you'd be like yeah. – and one photo I actually thought it was Billy Idol and it was 
Kimmy, and that's what I loved about her is that you, we we didn't know where her head was at. We didn't know uh, she was quite she was quite chilled out and relaxed and stuff like that. She got a little bit louder when she got older. Yeah, uh, like in interviews, she was a little bit out there. But when she was being interviewed at you know twenty twenty one. Nothing made her laugh. She just looked at them like, you're a fucking idiot. Like it was just <laughs> fantastic. And uh, I watched her being interviewed by this woman. I, I don't think women were very good when they interviewed Kimmy because all they wanted to do was put her down because she was so beautiful. Really? Like, oh, I saw this chick go, oh, Kimmy, you've got odd socks on. Oh, Wendy, why don't you? Oh, and you just, oh, you have, you come, you've come out of your leathers and Kim went, I've never really worn leather. I don't know where this is coming from. You know, oh, like good. A, a leather oh. jacket, but yeah. I don't know what. So this woman was just so hardcore trying to put her down and I was like the shit that women had to go through with other women around this time would have been a fucking nightmare as well. You could only imagine. I actually hate it when – I actually hate it in interviews when – the interviewer cannot get over the image of the artist. Like all they'll talk, oh, my God, oh, you've got red pants yeah. on. Oh, my God. It's like shut the fuck up. Like, that is the least interesting thing about those people. What That's about right. what's, you know, you've got ten minutes with them. Ask what's going on in their head, you know. Like fuck. As if you would, like, you can, of course, you can, like, enjoy how they look and everything, but you can do that afterwards. Ask them yeah. if you've got fucking a moment with them, what's going on in their head, you know, yeah. as if you wouldn't. Ugh. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I, the first question I asked Kim when I met her was bloody chaos at the airport. How the fuck did you write that? Like, who <laughs> writes about a plane crashing? I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. And that was the Scorpio th- theme. I mean, she, I don't know whether she's into astrology, but the Scorpio theme is to talk about, uh, you know, looking down from a bridge and being so heartbroken that you want to jump off it. it yeah. You know, I'm surprised a song like that wasn't looked into psychologically and banned. You know what I mean? Like nowadays Absolutely. we're fucking banning everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But as a kid, that didn't want that didn't make me want to jump off a bridge. It was just such a good story, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You enjoyed the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, mm. yes. All right, let's keep going. Well, Kimmy toured with Michael Jackson. We just need to bring she that up did on the bad in a tour moment. But let's get there in a sec because we're yeah. at 1986. Uh, yeah. She would release her fifth album. Um, and I've got the vinyl of this one. You gave it to me, baby. Did another I? Another step. Yeah, another step. Yep. You were probably in the spare room looking for this one, thinking like, ah, fuck, have I given it to JB, have I? No, <laughs> I brought. I, I think I brought it from Dixon's in St Kilda. Right, uh, Which there is a go. record shop near the police station. There was an Dixons. old record shop there. Yeah, In, Dix- in Balaclava, it, sort of. No, it might not be Dixon's. It, there was a police station in Balaclava and there was a record shop. I don't know if it's there anymore, though. Right. And I remember okay. going through that. But is this the album, because I haven't really looked at it, is this the album that has like ballads on one side and then dance music on the other? Is that the one? Uh, yeah, I just played it before and, and yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because that yeah. was what they sort of aimed to do in that album, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. She did um, She did this really cool duet as well. Oh, God, I can't remember with a guy called Junior, and it was very sort of Michael Jackson-y. Um, I can't remember the thing. I'll go and have a look in a sec. But the first single from this album was Schoolgirl Did Nothing. Yes. The f- 
follow and and um the, sorry the the uh the first single was schoolgirl and it did nothing is what I'm trying trying to say it didn't do much it didn't nah. do much schoolgirl it didn't do a lot um but the follow up single was keep me hanging on. Hanging on really gave Kimmy another big burst, especially uh, in the USA. It was huge. This this song was huge, and it was would really bring him, you know, back into the limelight everywhere. And this is the interesting thing about Kim: she didn't have sort of all of her hits at the beginning of her career, and then it sort of, you know, she treaded water for the rest of her life. She had two or three big kind of comebacks and this would be one of them. You know, this would be one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep me hanging on. I fucking ache for this song. As we've talked about before, it's a cover. Um, the, what are, Diana Ross, uh, the Supremes. It was the Supremes. Um, with Kim's version, it was a big rock track, you know. It was a big synthy rock track. They weren't familiar with it. Her and her brother weren't familiar with the song, overly familiar with it. So their approach to it was like it was a brand new song. Uh, they didn't have sort of a, a, a knowledge or a feeling for it, you know. Um, so they approached it like it was a new song, even to the extent that they would uh, change a few of the lyrics and, and sort of play with a few of the sections and stuff. And there's like really cool, you know, what they've actually bought this cover makes it really, really cool. The tempo's completely different. There'd be, like, different little lyrics here and there, like the ad-lib. You know that beautiful ad-lib? Yeah, yeah, that. Um, and also, you know, when Why she goes, don't see you get out of my life? Yeah, you know the bit where she goes, um, seeing you always breaks my heart again. And she does yes. the little, she does the little spoken bit, and there ain't nothing I can do about it. And yeah, then, oh beautiful. my god, so yeah. fucking cool. And that, yeah. um, the the synth hook, like so fucking cool. Oh my god, I live for this song. It went to number one in the USA. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think Dad wanted to put them this out. Dad suggested this song. Ah, cool. Because this is more his time. Yeah, yeah, it would have meant mm. a lot to him, I guess. How cool oh, then we, that it uh, did so well. Incredible. Um, I'm I'm still a Kimmy 8182 fan. I liked, right. I appreciated this. But yeah. to me it was an obvious Venus Banana Rama kind of 
do. Okay. You know, let's put yeah. out a song. It was a time where people were putting out covers. It wasn't the only cover she did. Yeah. Uh, but I remember thinking, oh, you know, Venus has been so huge. I don't know whether it was around the same time. I can't remember. I think Venus and came out the year after. Right. Yeah. Well, then yeah. I'm wrong in I thinking think, that. I think. Yeah. But go on. It's 19, yeah. So I just kind of thought. Same year. Uh, same year. Same year, yeah. Yeah. Wonder yeah. which came first because I actually think I remember as a kid thinking this was her Venus. But I might be wrong. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what the months are but we'll, we'll look into it. But uh, I loved it but I was more of a synth Kimmy, you know. But I tell you what, the, one of the best countdown performances I've seen has been Kim Wilde on You Keep Me Hanging On. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I love the clip. I love the clip for this as well. Um, all sort of very steamy and she's got the wind machine and um, yeah. and it really, really sort of draws the lyrics out of the song about about it being um, a, really dis- a really painful, dysfunctional um, uh, relationship, you know. I mean the, the – it's great that the Supremes were singing about this content back in the fifties uh, or whenever it came out, the original. Um, but you don't because the song is quite boppy. Set me free, don't you? You don't get a sense of uh, the 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 depth of those lyrics. I think. I think this version really sort of draws out how painful it would have been like you really believe Kim when she's like get out get out of my life you know like so so fucking powerful it's awesome at Libin um yeah I'm I, she, again, Scorpio, mate, they love to fucking drama, you know, make things dramatic. I'm thinking the brother might have had a lot of Scorpio in him as well and that's why yeah. I, I haven't looked at his chart. But um, interesting how you can perceive a different song a different way. Yeah. And people did love it because if you were heartbroken, uh, you went, fuck, this is like my ex-boyfriend or whatever. Mm. Uh, but the production was incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was a really... I remember at the time it was a really big kind of um, break, like a really big br- breakup song with white chicks at the, at the time. It's like, yeah, oh, it my was. God. You know, if you had a breakup, um, you'd be blasting this song like, ah, that fucking asshole. <laughs> and then you'd put exactly. this. Exactly. And, and, yeah, yeah. and then you'd put this song on like, yeah, get out of my life. You, yeah. You, you tell him, Kim. Exactly, and it was it was much bitchier than I will survive. Yeah, fucking, it was. I mean, the eighties was much bitchier than any other fucking genre. The eighties stuck it in and showed you who the fuck you were. Where the sixties and seventies did fluff around a bit. Oh, I will survive. I will. Oh no, you won't. Just fucking kill the prick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and Kimmy had that. We were there. You know, I totally. Totally agree with you in that that yeah. situation. She it look and and I mean it was huge the um the Supremes original, but this for me is the definitive version, the Kim Wilde version. I fucking love this song. I actually don't think I knew the other version until this came out. Yeah, right. Yeah. I actually had not heard of the Supremes version. 
Well, I used to love Motown. You know, I used to love sort of Motown music as well. So I, I was aware of it, but I I didn't sort of put them together in my head, you know, um, because this was so strongly for me the definitive version of this song. I, I didn't sort of connect the two. They're quite unlike, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. Fucking amazing, but. Was, uh, and also uh, Kimmy toured with uh, David Bowie. So we talked about David Bowie before. She actually toured with David Bowie and was supporter. She would. For David. She would. Not until mm. the 90s. She Not until the 90s. Mm. She she um, she um did do some amazing collaborations actually, like big, uh, big collaborations and sort of, you know, during the 90s she would she would do a lot of these definitely she had a she obviously she had a uh, a big comeback in the 90s as well with um if i can't have you which was another mm. cover um mm. yeah and that would do really well but she i guess one of her biggest collaborations would be in 1988 now she would um she would release her sixth album uh close which is her largest selling album to date um, wow. It's yeah, her biggest biggest seller. I can't very gay think, friendly. Was it? Yeah, yeah right. Huge, okay, huge gay gay, gay icon. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. This so is she where would she have went from. Yeah, she would have, I guess, capitalized um, from the success of uh, "Keep Me Hanging On," which was sort of mm-hmm. brought it back into the the global limelight again. And this album would be a massive seller um, because she would. She would tour. She would open for Michael Jackson with with, with his album um, on his Bad tour. Mm-hmm. So that would have that would have fucking hung out, no doubt. Now, interesting that you say that um, it was a big sort of gay album because uh, a lot of people thought Kim might have been um, swung gay. both ways. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think a lot of people were hoping, especially women. Women loved it. Yeah, yeah. She was sort of, I guess, I guess in that way that pe- people hope that, say, Pink um, is is a bit bi or a bit bit gay. You know, like women women would have loved to kind of swung with Kim. You know, mm, mm, absolutely. There's that. Yeah. Look, oh, I just think she was so androgynous and a bit masculine. You know, like she wasn't a girly girl. Would you um, have would you have scissored with Kim? Would you have Oh, I would out? have been in Oh, look, I was too young to even think of that. I All was right. 11 in 1981, so I didn't really think about it sexually, but I would have definitely got on a plane with her. Yeah. Oh, it's not I would the have same. got on a plane. I know, <laughs> but if it crashed, I would have died. You know, that would have been all right. All right. Would you, you know? would it, would you have passed Kim? Look, if I was, would I? Oh, I've pashed everyone. Who haven't I pashed? Um, I'm just trying. I would, I would have pashed Kim, but Kim was a matey mate chick. Like yeah. you speak to Kim, and she's just one of the boys. It was yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. She was quite refreshing. Where she'd be like, "Have a drink and sit down and listen to my fucking life," you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I spoke to Kim about her husband. He yeah. uh, and she had because the guy that I was dating at the time gave her a music video with all her countdown appearances on it, Jason. Yeah, and she can't even remember being on countdown because she was so smashed. So I don't think she would have been an easy route because she would have been too fucking smashed. Right. Okay. All you right. Have, I mean, you wouldn't have caught her. Now, did Kim? I'm sorry to sort of press this point, but did Kim? <laughs> <laughs> did Kim? 
bring up her husband when you were talking about her, do you think, because she felt like you were hitting on her? So it's like, oh, yeah, my husband, my <laughs> husband. <laughs> I never thought of that. That's the – I know. No. I think she brought up her husband because she just got a bit smashed and she had lovely – everything. Like she loves her family. Yeah. Uh, but she brought up gardening. But she may have been a bit afraid but – Maybe that was my Scorpio ascendant looking at her like I wanted to eat her. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, you know, you do drop the husband line when you're trying to get rid of someone. I did it last night on Facebook. Oh, you I did got, too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I uh, said, oh, yes, I've been married for 15 years because it flat out got fucking someone tried to pick me up and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, are you kidding? Yeah. I don't even know who you are. Um <laughs> You do, yeah, maybe she was a bit afraid of me. But Ricky came out and had a chat and stuff. But uh, I just think she missed him because she was on too. I'm hoping that's what it was. <laughs> Good point though. I never, ever thought of that. Uh, hilarious. Oh, God. Well, um, yeah, did you ever see any footage from her opening for uh, Michael Jackson on the Bad Tour? Have you ever seen any footage from around Did she start? I, I saw it. I saw a couple of gigs where she started with Checkered Love. Yeah, yeah. Was that the footage? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, um, look, I don't think she – she didn't come out to Australia with the bad tour, so – No. I don't know whether I have seen footage, but I did watch a bit of live footage. Can you remember who opened for Michael Jackson on the bad tour in Australia? Uh, see, I'd have to phone Batesy. Yeah. I think it was fucking stupid Peter Andre. Oh, no, that was Madonna. Yeah. Peter Andre opened for the Madonna Girly Show. I think, um, Pete, I think Peter Andre it? opened for for um, Michael Jackson you wouldn't with, the, with um, was it the uh, – did, did, did Michael Jackson come out with Dangerous at all? Did he come yeah, out here with did, Dangerous? Yeah, he did. He came out yeah, – that was I the tour I saw. I, I think fucking Peter Andre might have opened for him on that. Fuck, that's a bit close to or home. Or Human Nature. Was... Oh, no, it was yeah, Human Nature. God. Human Nature opened on um, – opened for history, I remember. How fucking funny would that have been? Oh, we'll just – we'll bring my Michael Jackson and do the Wish version of Michael Jackson, yeah, Peter Andre yeah, yeah. as the fucking support yeah. act. We'll send the try-hard <laughs> version out and then uh, <laughs> we'll send the real thing to blow him out of the it's... water. That's right, because we're Aussie and we like to prove shit. And uh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. no, fucking hell. Hilarious. Could you imagine that would have been? I can't even remember who supported Michael on the bad. I don't even know if he had one. To be honest with you, yeah, probably didn't need Wouldn't one back in that time. Um, so yeah, look, great gig, gig for Kim um, to go all across Europe, uh, opening for MJ. That, that would have been huge. There's this, um, there's this great photo of her at the Brit Awards and she's with I think Paul McCartney, MJ and somebody else. But like basically it's like, you know, Kim, MJ and Paul McCartney. So and and they're at the Brit Awards sort of, you know, winning awards. So, um, oh, you know, like she would have – her life around this time – would have been incredible, you know. Uh, sort yeah. of ten after ten years coming out in eighty one, and then sort of you're, you're rounding out the eighties uh, at the at the top of your game. You know, she would have had an incredible decade in the eighties, definitely. 
Absolutely. And one of those artists that is happy to be at home with her family and gardening and doing – I mean, look, no, that's an interesting fact. Kim Wilde came out to Australia not long ago and Rewind 80s was going to be her backing band. That oh, nearly bullshit. happened. Oh. Yeah, that nearly happened. And I was going to be the backing vocalist. Hey. But, but what but what happens is when uh, the baby sister grew up, obviously Roxanne came out and did that tour. But we were going – because we used to do Checkered Love in Rewind 80s and it sounded fucking incredible. It was uh, one of those songs that you need an arpeggio and, and other bands didn't play it. So the guy had seen us do Checkered Love and, and I'll put some footage up of that from ages ago on the the 80s montage. So we were asked, I think Scotty Kahn said, can you do Kim Wilde's backing van? And then Nick Kershaw came out with her and he decided he wanted to bring his band and do both Kimmy and himself, which was fine, which was fine. But that would have been pretty fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. Ah. And then little Roxy came out as the backing vocals and she's got bright red hair, I think, from memory. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ah, oh, lovely. But I did remember that and I went, oh, my God, that's right. Now, Kim wouldn't have – I don't think she had another – I think that was her last album um, of the 80s, w- was Close. Um, yeah. It was interesting because it's her biggest selling album but it didn't um, sell well in the UK. It didn't even make the top 20. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? What, what was on that record again? There was, uh, do you really need me? Was that one on there or whatever? Oh, on close. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, oh, God, let me think. She had, hey, Mr. Heartache. Um, you came. You came. You came was big. You yeah. came, yep. Yeah, never trust a stranger and full little yeah. word. Full little yeah. word. Yeah. Um, What's the album I'm thinking of? Do you really want me? Oh, oh, is that is that Love Moves? Is that on Love Moves? No? Don't know, honey. I'm just going to fucking have a look. Love Moves came out in 1990. That would be... Oh, okay, that might be it. Yeah, that would be the, the album that she would next release after Close. Um, and, it, and it did okay. It had um, It's Here... And can't get enough of your love, um, which were which which did okay in Europe, uh, and it would be in 1990 that she would do the collaboration with Bowie and and tour with him. She opened for she opened for Bowie. Wouldn't that have been a great? I wish oh, they had yeah. have gotten it on. Fuck yeah. Fuck. yeah! Do you know what? I think there's rumours that something did happen, but I might be wrong, right. and uh. I don't know who I've heard that from, but yeah, that I have been heard. Exciting. There might have been a little bit of that. But I don't know. I might be pulling – someone's told me. But I love how, like, Kimmy Wilde's most loved female artist was Joni Mitchell. Like, she loved Joni Mitchell. Mm. Which was incredible because you wouldn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, But she loved her and obviously nothing like her but, you know, in a lot of ways similar. Yeah, yeah. Now I know we're sort of dipping into '90s territory. She would release a um, a single, like a compilation album, like a, of singles. Um, yes. The singles collection '81 to '93. Um, a lot of people would, you know, especially if they were sort of 
um, on the younger side in the later of the 80s, like me, they would have known Kim from this from this compilation album. Absolutely. And then, this relaunched sort of her. Back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it relaunched her. Yeah, and it would be... I think I think if I can, oh there we go I think um, if I can't have you was on that singles collection it sort of it was like to help promote that compilation album mm. so um, so if I can't have you I think came out in ninety three and it went to number three in Australia it was an old old Bee Gees song well the Bee Gees was so huge you know everyone had that album with I think it was a Von who sang it, uh, the original, and we all had that Bee Gees album and it was just like, oh, wow, remember this track? I yeah. think it was a girlfriend of hers that wanted her to release it. Yeah, or right. something like that. Yeah. She's, just over, you know, over a drink, she said, you really should release this. I can't remember but someone suggested it. Great song though. Yeah. It was yeah. very Stock Aiken and Waterman this time for me with, yeah. with Kimmy. Yeah, that's right. It's a right. little bit too Stock Aiken and Waterman and there was Stock Aiken and Waterman and then there was – People trying to be that. Yeah, I that's kind right. Kind of, it, it just sort of, I wasn't with it, you know? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want a dance track. Okay, I'll do a cover, but I'll take it to Stock Aiken and Waterman and, you know, yeah, that. Or I'll try and rip them off. You yeah, know? that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, there was a guy that asked me to do a track by. Oh, fuck, we used to love me tomorrow, Carol King, and they wanted to stock Aiken and Waterman that up in Australia. And I right. said, nah, that's not yeah. fucking. I want to be with stock Aiken and Waterman or fucking nothing. That's some yeah. shit ass. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people yeah. tried to do it. But I mean, in saying that, it was better production than that. Uh, but yeah, Kimmy Wilde, I mean, incredible career. Yeah. There we go, guys. Kim Wilde, our Kim Wilde special. Kim, if you're listening, maybe you are. Uh, we <laughs> hope we've we hope we've done you justice. We love we love you, Kim Wilde. Um, incredible career, beautiful, beautiful chick, and really down to earth as well, which we love in Australia. Mm. Um, and please, Kim, come out to Australia so we can support you. Let's make that happen. I reckon she will. They've yeah. got to get her out on the day on the green. They've got to get her out. Oh, yeah. Day on the green would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, where she could come out and do it. I mean, I don't think she's done – I mean, she's done the fucking shithole up the road. What's that bloody pub, the ALH pub? Fucking the dome thing up near me. She's done those little venues. Oh. And I, I think she needs to do big day uh, – the day on the green. She needs to do a bigger festival. Surely she could do um, – I don't know. Surely she could do sort of one big show at like Hi-Fi or something in the city. Or well, they've never they've never really brought her out. They've always brought her out with other acts. I mean, she's come out on her own. But the Here and Now tour had Go West. It had Human League. Uh, but Kimmy, she's kind of happy at home. I don't know whether there'd be a lot of money, I reckon, having to be offered for Kim to come out here. Who did we do the poll with between Kim and who? Pat Benatar. Maybe she should come out with Pat Benatar. Yeah, that's right. We could start it. Yeah, let's get in touch with them and see if they're interested and we'll we'll put it somewhere cool. No nowhere fucking semi-suburban, somewhere in, you know, some like like the Palace or something in St Kilda. The Palais. Yeah, the Palais. Yeah, well that that'd be all right. We'll have to talk to our old mate. Absolutely. Nice one, we baby. Will. Looks like we're done. Do you have anybody yeah. to thank or anybody to say hello to? 
I just want to give a big shout out to the country, if they are a country, of Tunisia. Oh. Is that a country or a Are we charting with Tunisia, are we? Tunisia Music this week we're number 29 with Under the Covers Part 2 and we are number 45 with the 80s Montage. So we've got two charts, two two uh, things in Tunisia Music and Maddie's very excited because that's where Star Wars was filmed. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's the yeah. Now Tunisia are famous for two reasons. That's Star, right. Star Wars and the 80s montage. There we exactly. go. We'll have to do a oh, fucking naked good. photo shoot in the desert. Tunisia, hey, I knew we'd make it. <laughs> mate, mate, I love Tunisia. I think it's beautiful. And, oh, I uh, want to go there. Photo shoot, yeah, we could do one in the, in our naked and get sand up our ass. In the sand? We can have yeah. some sort of, you know, big sort of flowing outfits that could just fly off in the wind. The Russell Mulcahy look? Yes. Like, oh, with the oh. fucking gold pole up our ass. The, like, wind, oh. the wind's really strong. I can't hold on. Oh, there it goes. Oh. You know, that kind of thing. Fucking hell. Fucking that would look good, wouldn't it? Now, Sammy, uh, you had a fantastic appearance on Wentworth during the week, didn't you? Wow. What a face I pulled, hey? (laughs) Any Wentworth watchers, go back if you haven't realised and watch Sammy's incredible work, which – Being a drug addict. Yeah. They just had to work with on the day because she was off a face – they thought, right. how are we gonna, how are we gonna fucking write this in? Oh, okay, we'll we'll make yeah. the in- yeah. So they they worked with it on the day because Sammy had taken an acid tab. Yeah, and, uh, that's right. Yeah, so that was g- such a fun scene. I mean, we must have shot it for six hours, and it's like a two, you know, fifty minute scene or a fifty second scene. Yeah, but um, very fun scene, and and I think. America are yet to see it, so our Americans, you're going to have to wait until the end of September to see Wentworth. But yeah, we'll we'll put it up eventually. I can't really put up much now, but no. eventually we'll put it up. But it was a lot of fun and just funny to look at it and go, Jesus Christ! And if you uh, recognise the big stupid laugh from this show, you'll yeah, certainly you certainly will. hear it in the, in the in the episode of Wentworth. <laughs> And a lot of people said, we heard you laugh before you came on. I was like, yeah, I know, right? So uh, Awesome. Ah, oh, good. How cool, babe. Was very proud of you when I saw that. That was awesome. Good on you. Been a big week for Sammy Hardon. Yeah. Big right. week. Fantastic. Well, beautiful guys, let's wrap up the show. Um, hope you keep them well, everybody out there still in lockdown. We're almost, we're almost out of it. It's very exciting. The weather's getting nice. It's getting warm. I'm sitting here in a tank top with all the doors open. It's fucking great. I'll put some pants on later. It'll be fucking fantastic. (laughs) Brilliant. Good on you. Thanks for listening. Now, if you love the show, please like, rate, subscribe and become a Patreon. Yeah. Become a patron. You can find – what's the website, Sammy? Oh, yeah. It's uh, the80smontage.com. Ah, very good. Very good. Very good. My little magpie mate is um, just out on the balcony. He, he wants to be fed. I can see him. Oh, cute. Like a little good luck charm. But, um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Come on board as a patron. You can um, – 
support the show by coming on as a subscriber and subscribing for as little as $1 a month. Yeah, if, and you can get extra episodes. Yeah, if you come on board for $10. Yes, indeed. $10 a month you can get extra episodes. We love our Patreon episodes. Um, we just sort of let our hair down and uh, get the get the twister out of the cupboard and get the dildos yeah. out of the oil and <laughs> fucking just see what happens. It's great. Can't wait. Good on you guys. Now, if it's uh, if it's music mateys or, or cool, cool shit, shit from, from the eighties, we're gonna talk about it. Unreal. Unreal.